0: Coming up next, we'll talk more about the transition to Josh Hoover as a quarterback. Can you actually help this team in some aspects, specifically the vertical passing game? Could the defense be more aggressive and carry the team? Matt Jennings is with us. He'll break it all down with me next. It's Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team
0: every day. Yeah, Blocked on Horned Frogs, your team every day. Sorry for the serial killer lighting that I have going on. Uh, I didn't like the glare that I had in the brighter lighting, and so I think what I have going now is called soft lighting. I feel like that's a thing that people use, that's a description that people use, um, but it, it looks kind of dark. So one day I'll figure out how to do a YouTube video, maybe in my like, fifth year that I do this podcast. Next to me is Matt Jennings. You can find him on Twitter at Matt A. Jennings, the freelance writer who covers TCU football. I'm uh, Matt. Welcome to the Josh Hoover era, the Josh Hoover experience. How are you feeling about this uh, crazy transition here in the middle of the year? We're here. We're part of this now. Yep. No turning back, baby. Um, okay, so I guess my first question is—is is the short-term question? What did you see from Josh in the? brief appearance against Iowa state. How do you feel like if, if it does work, what do you think the path is for this team to be successful with his whatever, whatever playing time he gets over the next few weeks?
1: Yeah. Let's, let's start with, I mean, the positive after the first two drives that he came in for went about as poorly as you could, I could expect. Um, he looked really. He, he looked solid for the rest of the game. Um, was was accurate with the ball. Made good decisions. I think I, you know, I, I only spotted like one decision where I was like, that made me uneasy. And that was actually the fourth down. Where it looked like he was kind of into double coverage, and and Thompson just like climbs the ladder, makes a good play, and good on him. Other than that, made good decisions was accurate and decisive with the ball showed some ability to escape the pocket would have had two touchdown passes. If Corey, um, if Corey Wren doesn't drop one, you know, looked solid and then didn't get a chance to maybe get a third, quite frankly, because they took the ball out of his hands and decided to do a wide receiver pass, which if Richardson. in, which like that's, that's scoring territory execution, which is his own whole other conversation that we are going to just have in perpetuity. Now that's just, it's just the existence that we have. Um, but yeah, I think I think he looked good. I think some of that is Iowa State was up by three possessions uh, at one point and like did not have to do anything crazy. Uh, just was playing conservative, right? And they obviously clearly did not prep for him either. So um, as he gets more reps, um, I don't think it'll really affect BYU since they only have you know a quarter and a half of film to go off of. But. Um, I'll be curious to see what the game plan is that they built. Sunny Dykes talked about that on Tuesday, like figuring out what Josh Hoover likes and what he's comfortable with and then building a game plan around that. That's what they're going to be. That's what he said. They're going to be doing in practice this week. Um, so I'll be curious to see what that game plan looks like. Um, but with all those caveats and the circumstances that he got asked, to, once he settled down, looked totally fine. I'll be very curious to see how much that holds up and what they try to what they feel like they can do with him at the helm. Um, he didn't give you any reason, again, once he settled down, didn't give you any reason to feel like this is going to be an abject disaster. It could be, but um, you didn't like think that was a foregone conclusion after Saturday. So,
0: I want to talk long-term for a second. I, I, I've said this a couple times this week. I really do think this is a huge opportunity for him. I don't feel like the coaching staff would say this, but as an outsider, it feels like Josh is the guy in the quarterback room that could get lost in the shuffle in the next few years, depending on what Chandler decides to do and depending on what happens with Toss Haney. But I guess two-parter. Um, one, do you think Chandler could be back next season? Because I, I feel like it's like, it's it's very strange Um he had a, a bad two games. Now he has another knee injury. He's been in college for a long time. He could come back this season, maybe not. And then, like, if Hoover plays well, how does that sort of change the calculus for this team moving forward? Because I doubt they want to put Haas in as a true freshman. Um, and so you're going to need somebody to, to sort of keep the seat warm and hopefully excel while he's learning. I think there's just a a lot of different ways to skill with the quarterback room over the next few months. I, to your first question about Trinidad Morris,
1: I, I do find myself thinking about that because one quarterbacks transfer, whether it's in the December window or the post spring practice window, like that is, that is something that everybody has to deal with, right? Like if you don't think you're on, if you think you are you can start somewhere and you're not starting where you're at like guys move right and so Haas haney's gonna be an early enrollee he'll be here in the spring and josh hoover he plays lights out over the next uh six games then maybe that you know maybe that changes chandler's calculus a little bit i do think regardless I think we're already doing a little bit of revisionist history with Chandler Morris because people are acting like he was like a problem in the offense or like he was not good. Like he was, he's a gunslinger. We understand that he's going to make some decisions that are probably a little bit too aggressive. That's, that's part of who he is. It's part of his DNA, but he was, he was really solid through the first uh, four and a half games, Uh, put up good numbers, was efficient quite honestly, the bailed them out of a lot of bad scenarios with his legs and his ability to improvise. Um, you know, if, if I I thought he was solid, he's also not a good fit for what, for what TCU's offensive identity is right now with this scheme, with this play caller. he's just not, he would be an ideal fit. I think in like a traditional air raid offense, which is like, let's throw the ball 45 to 50 times a game. We're totally comfortable thinking and dunking down the field. We're asking a quarterback to play with timing, play with accuracy, play with anticipation. He can be all those things, right? Mm -hmm. The one thing that he doesn't bring to the game is the vertical passing game. And that's like one of the defining traits of the kind of scheme that Kendall Bryles wants to run. It just is. And Kendall Bryles is not, has not shown himself to be super willing to adjust what he wants to do. Right. And so like, then you're just kind of up a Creek because if you can't pass protect and you can't throw deep and you're not doing a great job in run blocking, then, they, then you end up with the offense that TCU has right now, which is yeah. one that's struggling for an identity. Right. And so um, I think Chandler Morris could come back next year. This is a long winded answer to, I think Chandler Morris could come back next year and uh, could come back later this season. I'm not necessarily advocating for that. I think he should rest up and get healthy, but could come back and be successful. I also think there are, he, he could be successful in a lot of places. Um, I don't think his college career is over. Is the short version. I do. I am curious. He transferred to TCU, and I believe it was the first season that they had gotten rid of the one year penalty yeah.
0: for. So he was immediately
1: eligible when he was uh, on campus in 2021, which is part of the reason why he was able to play like in the Baylor game, right, and have that great game this would be his second transfer if he did decide to transfer, which like, we're not reporting on that to be clear. Like no, we're, this no. is all speculation. It's all
0: speculation. Yeah.
1: But if he were to decide to transfer, I don't know where, he, if he's a grad transfer, then it's a moot. If he yeah. was not a grad transfer, which I don't know his academic status and he were transferring again, I don't believe he'd be eligible to play immediately. If I'm understanding the NCAA rules mm-hmm. as they stand now correctly. Right. And so that's another thing to like, quite frankly, I don't know the
0: answer to. So we, so someone would need to, to dig on that. Yeah, and he also had that really weird thing with uh, with Lincoln because Lincoln didn't want to sign off on him being right. available, but then he was. This is the last thing I'll say about. No, that's that's actually not true. Probably, <laughs> not the last, probably not the last thing I'll ever say about this. Um, I've somehow like gotten labeled as someone who's like trying to go to bat for Chandler Morris. That's not what I'm doing. I just feel like a lot of people have already closed the book on him at TCU, and I'm kind of like. Well, one, we don't know what Josh Hoover is going to do. I hope he's great. Like I, I, I do like, I, I hope that he's a really good quarterback and that he does some things that we haven't seen, but I don't know that's going to be the case. And if this team is still fighting for bull eligibility, winning, if Chandler's healthy, I mean, I could see a scenario where they say, all right, let's go back to him and see what he's got. Also to your point. I mean, I think he played okay for the first, you know, four games. of the season. He looked,
1: he looked really good if 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 the way he played in the first half of the west virginia game had been carried over through the through the <laughs> next game and a half we'd be talking about you know they'd be sitting there at what 5 and 1 and you'd be feeling really good about where you're at it's just that the yeah. offense has really really imploded over the last game and a half that's really yes. kind of think mean, change change the complexion of the conversation. And some of that is Chan- some of that is on Chandler with making some bad decisions with the football. And some of that's the fact that he's getting very very little help. And you're hoping when you put Josh Hoover in there, you better get him some help. Otherwise, it, it could very well be worse.
0: Yeah, that's the thing that that's the thing that I was trying to get across is just like he has been bad the last two games. But aside from Monty Bailey, you have to basically put this entire offense. In rice for the last two games, like they have been just bad across the board, um, and also n- not really to to what we were talking about, but like I, I really think Sonny has failed here in that you had two winnable games. Like you got beat by Iowa State. I know the efficiency numbers didn't really show it, but you got beat by Iowa State. Colorado and uh, West Virginia were winnable football games. You blew those games. Now you're three and three instead of five and one. And now you're having to ask a backup quarterback who's never played before to go win you three out of your last six games potentially, which is a really hard thing for anybody to do. And it's the situation you put yourself in, and that's just really frustrating. But back to Hoover for a second. Um, if you, I, Matt texted me today, and he said, I've, I've watched Josh Hoover's Huddle film. and I'm, <laughs> This is no where it. we're at. No, no, no. Like, let's just pause for a
1: second. This is where we're at. In yeah. the TCU season where we're texting each other with, with the, with the preface. So I was watching Josh Hoover's huddle. Right. And we're, like, this is like, that's not a sentence that any, any sane person should have to,
0: that we didn't think we'd be texting <laughs> to each other at six weeks. in. Yes. That's where we're at. You're texting me that people, somebody tweeted at me today and somebody tweeted at you as well. And I, this is no disrespect. I'm sure Grant Tisdell' is a wonderful person, but somebody tweeted at me that Grant Tisdale was formerly a four-star recruit, which is a very true thing. That was back in 2018, which my sources tell me was a long time ago. Um, but that's, that's where we're at with this quarterback room at the moment. Anyway, if, if you saw some Josh Hoover highlights at Rockwell Heath, he ran a variation of this offense, and it was a very vertical heavy passing game that they ran. So that has not been an aspect of this offense that's been available to them or that they've used. Could he open something up there that would allow those, the boxes to get lighter in the running game to get to a better place now, Matt? That's, that's,
1: that's the million a million dollar question, question right? right? I know. I mean, I don't pretend to be a skilled quarterback evaluator or a quarterback evaluator at all, just to be able to understand whether or not what he was doing at Rockwell Heath would translate. But I will say like, That's what's on his film is a whole lot of attacking, attacking defenses vertically and doing a good job with it, hitting receivers in stride. If they can open up that dimension of the offense, I think it, it, it changes the vibe of, of what they can and are, are able to do. Right. The question is, does it translate? He's playing six, a ball. He's not playing against nobody's, you know,
0: he's He's playing good competition,
1: He's playing good competition, But does the speed of his receivers and the defenders he was thrown against in high school and his ability to make the plays in that context translate to making those plays in the big 12? Um, He certainly has the arm strength and we're seeing the potential of the, the accuracy and the ball placement downfield. So that's good. And he showed, he didn't get a lot of chances to do that on Saturday against Iowa state, but in the few instances, like he wasn't just throwing check downs, like, He, he, again, he tossed it up for Warren Thompson, not a super advised pass in my opinion, but then he did have the really nice completion to Dalen right? Like he was, he was finding guys downfield. If, if they can do that, then things are different for this offense. 100%. I have no idea if he can do that on Saturday against BYU, or when they get into, you know, a game against Oklahoma or Texas defenses that we think are pretty darn good later on this year. Um, but as I said, like that's really the thing where you you couldn't do that with Chandler Morris. And I think a different offense or a different coordinator would have made it work with him um in that situation. If Josh Hoover unlocks that for you, I think then suddenly Kendall Bryles feels like he can run the offense the way that he wants to and feels and 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 have the identity that they want to. And also just to your point, it makes things easier on the running game too, because teams have been, they've been loading the box against Imani Bailey. Imani Bailey still had success running the ball despite that, but they've been loading the box and just, you know, daring TCU to win those one-on-one matchups. And they had success at that for most of the first four games. And then it fell apart over the last two. Um, And if you can force defenses to adjust and not defend you that way, Then maybe you do have something, but that is a massive if that you are placing on a backup quarterback who's a three-star recruit coming out of high school. And also, it also means you're he's your only scholarship, like you are one bad snap away from Grant Tisdale season, or trying to like run like a wildcat, like option power thing, like what Baylor did in 2015 with Chris Johnson, you know.
0: No, you're totally right. I have some thoughts on that as well. Before I do that, though, I do want to talk about one of our sponsors. Jace Medical is uh, who I want to chat with you about right now. Jace Medical, nobody wants to be in a bad situation, a bad medical emergency where you can't get to you know, care immediately. You want to be prepared for those situations. So what you can do is you can get a Jace case from Jace Medical. You see the website there. Jacemedical.com. You can get $20 off. To use the promo code Locked On. Again, $20 off. To use the promo code Locked On. Five life saving antibiotics. They also have physicians that are available so you can call, make sure you're doing the right things. You're, you're you know, applying these medications properly. All those things are available. Jacemedical.com. Use the promo code Locked On for $20 off their Jace Case product. Yeah, so I watched that highlight film too. And one thing I noticed was there were a lot of deep throws. There was also a lot of like, take the snap one step, maybe two steps. And it's just, it's one read it's, you know, fade to the outside. Right. Or hitting somebody in a button hook, which is kind of what I thought this offense was going to be going in the year. And it's been a little different than that. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy that you brought up. Uh, well, okay. I'm back two points. One is this offensive line has struggled, And so that, that has to get better. They shuffled some guys around. They moved Coleman back to tackle. They got Coleman and Coker back at their normal spots again. And it seemed like that helped. But I'm expecting to see a lot of blitzes and and pressure-heavy defenses that are going to try to get Hoover uncomfortable. Um, Matt was talking about, I believe it was like the Champ Sports Bowl against North Carolina. So in 2015, Baylor had all these quarterback injuries. Chris Johnson started that crazy game on Black Friday and I know some of you guys were at where it was just raining and miserably cold, and T.C. won that football game. Um, And then Chris Johnson got hurt, too. And Chris Johnson was their third-string quarterback. Baylor literally didn't have a QB going to that ball game. And so they went to, like, this Wildcat thing with Johnny Jefferson, one of their running backs, and they just ran the ball like crazy for, like, 400-something yards and won that football game. Um, And I think, like, a lot of people – That's probably, if you're talking about Kendall Bryles, that's probably one of the best games that he ever called. Like, he found a way in a really tough situation to get it done. I want to see something like that. It's not going to be that dire of a situation. But you have a backup quarterback. I agree with you. I think he's he's stuck with what he wants to do, and he hasn't really adjusted the personnel. Like, Sonny Dykes and him both have to figure out a way to make this work. You guys are offensive gurus. This is what you're supposed to do. Go do it. Like find a way to give this, this quarterback the Shun QB easy reads, easy plays, um, and and like let's make it happen. Uh one one other thing that people have brought up this week, the vibes around this team. I, I don't think they've quit. Like I don't see a group that's just thrown in the towel yet. Sometimes you can you can see a group rally around, you know, an adverse situation like this. Do you feel like we're going to kind of get to see the toughness and metal that we saw last year or lack thereof um, that has kind of defined this team so far this year? You, to have that happen,
1: uh, first off, I'll agree. I, I, I don't, the way they were like trying to make it work down the stretch, even in garbage time against Iowa State was I think an encouraging thing. They were moving the ball. They obviously, you know, had two red zone positions where they come off empty, um, but they were – those guys were out there clearly showing an effort. Amani Bailey's out there churning out yards. His uh, Josh Hoover's receivers are making plays for him. All good stuff, right? So I agree with you. It, like this does not seem like a team that has deflated or wilted, right? Um, they look like a team that's frustrated, but they don't look like a team that has quit, um, which is good. Um, and to your point, like adverse situations, like I'm thinking of Chandler Morris's first start at TCU, right? Like where, you know, first game after Gary Pat of the, of the Jerry kill era, um, at TCU and they come out against a rival and, and, and come out with a game plan that fits their personnel and they get after it and they get a, and they get a big, a big upset win, right? Mm -hmm. You could see a similar thing happening in this. I think to your point, like, do they have the metal? Do they have the mental toughness? It's the same thing we've been saying all year. So much of what gave them that a year ago was that veteran leadership and that they had on last year's squad. And so much of that's gone. They need somebody to step up in that regard. Um, yeah. Is that, uh, you know, on defense, I think you've got more candidates for that. Like you've got Bud Clark back there. You've got Jamoy Hodge. You've got Josh Newton. You've got guys who have been around for uh and if and it played in big moments and made big plays in big moments and you need those 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 upperclassmen leaders to make to 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 help rally the troops on offense because of all the new pieces I don't know who that is is it, a, it you know is it Amani Bailey is it Coker and Coleman right they are is it is it a Savion Williams or a Jared Wiley they need somebody to go out there and like you know, early on against BYU, go out there and like make a huge play, and get the vibes of the team on that side of the ball, kind of back on track, get their confidence back. And if you can do that early for a young quarterback make his first start at home, for it's homecoming, right?
0: Yeah, it's homecoming.
1: It's, it's like you can get in the way you want and and feel better. And the good news for you is that, um, this BYU team, you know, the record is solid, but like they've been a kind of a a rickety team to this point as well. And I'm not sure their offense is in much better place than yours is. You could, I said this on Twitter today, it, it could very well turn into like a rock fight. Like I could see, I could very much see this being like a 17, 14 kind of a game. Um, if both defenses play well, just because if both offenses are so, uh, so inconsistent and if that's the case then i think you know then you just need a couple guys to make a couple key plays in key moments and you get yourself back to a winning record and you get yourself back on track before you head into what is then the toughest part of your schedule so
0: yeah yeah it really is which is is not ideal um So the defense in this scenario is kind of fascinating to me because yeah, maybe it's a rock fight, but honestly, like, you know, Gary showed an ability and he's a defensive coach. But he showed an ability and a willingness to be like, all right, y'all wanna y'all wanna get in the slop? Like I'm a pig. Let's roll around, baby. Like I'm I'm not scared of winning nine to six. Like I'm not I'm not scared of winning three to two. I don't care. I'll, I'll punt on my on your side of the field on fourth and two. Like I'll pin you deep. I um, mean, he and his credit. He won games like that. I mean, he won games with Grayson Um that were sixteen to nine or yeah uh, seven. I think what was the cheese at bowl like ten seven something like that. Um, I, I don't know if this team is built to do that. Like I'm trying to think of the defense. I guess the Texas game last year. Yeah. But Matt, like I think Joe Gillespie is gonna have to be more aggressive because i don't I don't feel like now you can you can be Ben but don't break God. like you're gonna have to create negative plays. you have to force turnovers. Uh, you can't allow you can't really allow many touchdowns like if BYU gets out to a fourteen nothing lead in this ball game because you're just trying to feel things out. good luck uh, that's that's not a recipe to win.
1: yeah, they need
0: I agree with you.
1: They the the Texas game is the best example of this where they were really able to just manhandle Texas up front and get pressure on Quinn Ewers. And then they forced some turnovers and got positive field position and and yeah. And 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 they won that game 17-10 and one of those touchdowns for Texas. Excuse me, Texas's only touchdown in that game came on a scoop and score off of a Max yeah. Duggan fumble, right? Like they shut them down, right? You you would love an effort like that, and to do that, you got to be able to win up front, which I think they have grown and gotten better at, and 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 looked, or at least shown more promise there. Over the last few games where you've seen them make the goal line stand against West Virginia, um, get some more pressure on the quarterbacks over the last over the last couple of games. I'd liked to see that they've been more willing to blitz. I, I think two things to me. If you're going to be able to. If you're going to be able to do that when you blitz, you got to get home. We saw it again. Again, uh, Rocco Becht was able to do the exact same thing that Garrett Green did the week the week before. They bring uh they bring Jamoy Hodge on a on a blitz, I think on uh, like an A gap blitz, and that and he doesn't wrap up, which doesn't matter if he's still trapped in the pocket, but no one keeps contain or no one even gets far enough upfield and he just kind of drifts out of the pocket and then goes and make a, goes to make a play, right? you need a full group effort from the front six to make those plays work. Um, So you got to get home when you do blitz and make those plays count. You can't allow them to turn those into positive plays. So that's the first thing if you're going to, to kind of get yourself in a, in a positive game state kind of thing. The other thing, let Bud Clark loose, man. Like tell Bud Clark, Hey man, this week, or maybe even just for the rest of the season, like, we know you, – you, he kind of does this on his own anyway, the ball hawking thing. Go after it, man. Yeah, and and go and hunt the ball and go and do it because he is your best opportunity to flip the field on this roster, and he does a phenomenal job at it. And you live with the, with the plays where it means he gets beat on a double move because he's hunting something, and you give up a big play and you just deal with it. Because you're hunting those those chances to flip the field, you're hunting those chances to get your offense in a great position to get points. Um, I think those if, if they can do those things um, this week and just kind of going forward, you put your offense in a better, in a better position.
0: When we come back, I'll ask Matt about expectations and kind of best case scenario for this team. It's very different than when we started the season. We'll do that next and lock that Is your fantasy team a complete disaster at this point? Have you, like me, suffered injuries to Anthony Richardson? Not not me personally. These people are actually injured. I shouldn't act like it's affecting me more than them. But Anthony Richardson and Justin Jefferson both went down. Suddenly I'm scouring the waiver wire trying to find someone, anyone that could serve as a third wide receiver. I have a great opportunity for you. Prize picks. It's daily fantasy. So if your team is a disaster and your friends are, you know, giving you crap for it, you can you can transition to a daily fantasy, uh, you know, games and opportunities like prize picks where, listen, you can you can pick new teams all the time. Uh, you can do it as, as quickly as like two minutes. It doesn't take long at all. Just a couple taps and you'll have a lineup. Uh, there's all kind of prop bets on there. It's not just simply... Um, best ball or setting up a, a team for a certain day. There's all sorts of opportunities on PrizePix. We're so happy that they're sponsors here of the Locked On Networks. Go to prizepickscom slash and Use the code College, and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. I'll say that again. prizepickscom slash LockedOnCollege. They'll match that first deposit up to $100. That means if you put $100 down, they'll put $100 down. That's $200. That's the type of math that even a kid from McGregor can do. And a sports broadcasting major at TCU can do. And that's the kind of opportunities that Picks allows us. Prize Picks. A proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. I don't know if they're proud about it. I'm just assuming that part, but I think they are. Okay, so I didn't think we'd be here. I really didn't. Like I know during the off season there were people that said, Listen, they lost so much talent. This could be a team that goes seven and five. And I guess that was a possibility, but now we're staring a situation where I don't know if they can make a bowl game, which is really disappointing. But at this point, Matt, I know it's not going to make like the a block of college game day if they're able to do this, but if you get to six and six and you make the postseason, is that like the best case saving face, keeping momentum going for this program moving forward? As it stands,
1: Right now, that's that's how it feels to me. Because you've got well, – here's the other thing. Here's the thing about this is part of the reason we all kind of collectively – I say we all. You and I certainly were like – I mean this feels like an eight-ish, team, nine-win team. But yeah. we could see them like making a run. And the main reason for that was like the rest of the league like didn't look – it was the same reason why everyone's picking Texas is like, well, who else in the league is going to do anything. But that was to TCU's benefit. We thought in the preseason as well. And to this point in the season, that's borne itself out. Like it's Oklahoma and Texas and West Virginia has quietly moved their They're the second place in the league, but like Kansas state does not look as complete of a team as we thought they were going to Right? They, and they lost a, a, a super perplexing game against Oklahoma state. Kansas looks really solid, um, you know, I, I I would have them as kind of the next team, but then other than them, you know, Iowa State, you know, <laughs> Saturday was probably their best outing, Baylor looks like they're uh, in in shambles right now, Texas Texas rebound after a tough start, but like they're still sitting here at 500 as well, um, all the newcomers are struggling in their early, their early time in the league, you know, like it still feels very much like, you know, spots three through five are very up for grabs in the league. Um, and knowing Texas, quite frankly, like just knowing the DNA of that program, it's not a given that they don't like crumble after losing in Red. Yeah, Red, right. Red. I mean, they,
0: they could drop another game. Right, They could drop one more game.
1: Let me, so all that is, as stage setting, I'm not picking TCU to like go on a run here. Yeah. I'm not even picking them to make a bowl game right now, just based on what I've seen thus far. I think uh, I think a five and seven season is, is absolutely in the cards and probably likely. The thing that works in their favor, though, is that, like, who on their schedule, other than Texas and Oklahoma right now, looks, like, super intimidating, like they have it all together? Nobody. Nobody, right? Yeah. Like, BYU this week, That's a game that I could see TCU losing. It's also a game I could see TCU winning. Same with Kansas State. Same with Baylor. Same with Texas Tech. Right? Like those are four games that you're like, I don't feel great about other teams. So sure, why somebody's got to win those four games, right? And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, that's that's kind of the most optimistic picture that I can paint at the moment. Now again, this all changes if like Josh Hoover unlocks something in the offense that it didn't have before. Um, yep. which again, I'm not picking, but we didn't think Max Duggan was going to do that with TCU a year ago either. Right. So um, I, this feels like a, a team that's scrapping for ball eligibility to me uh, toward the end of the season. And I do think that's an accomplishment given how the season has started because if you go three and three in the easy part of your schedule. And then you manage to go three and three again in the hard part of your schedule, harder part of your schedule. That's a reason for uh, feeling, feeling good just based on the adversity that you faced at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this this game's really important. If you can get the BYU game, and then you hope you beat Baylor at home, and Tech on the road's going to be tough, but that's not an amazing team right now. And even K-State looks kind of vulnerable. I'm not hopeful about that because it's on the road, and I think that's a tough matchup for them. Like, K-State just doesn't seem like a team that's going to lose to a backup quarterback, even though they lost to Allen Bowman, you know, last week. But when's the last
1: time? And I know this goes back to the Garrett Patterson era, so like it may not be. It may be apples and oranges. When's the last time TCU lost in Lubbock though? Wasn't it like 2013?
0: It's been a they, while.
1: They I won mean, in 20. They won in 2015 in yeah. the Aaron Green tipped catch. 2017. They won in 2017. 2019, 2019 was Max Duggins' first year. And then yeah. 2021,
0: they won. Or they won in uh, 2020. They played them in the coat. Or no, they won in 2021. You're right. In
1: 2021. in 2021. And they and they ran for like 300 yards with Zach Evans and Kendrick Miller. Yeah. So, like, you could take that one of two ways. You would be like, man, Tech is due to beat TCU at all. <laughs> but I will say, like, to your point, like, I think we do have like a mystique around playing in Lubbock, especially if you're playing at night. But TCU has handled it pretty well, is my point um in recent outings
0: yeah i think it's a winnable game i I guess my my hang up with it is more that i think as much as i poke fun at texas tech i do think they have a competent coaching staff now for the first time in a long time and they seem to be trending up and they and they have figured out what their identity is offensively over the last few
1: weeks which tcu has not right like they have figured out like oh wait we're gonna lean on taj brooks and like this is what we're gonna be um it sucks that they had to get to one and three to figure that out, but now they've figured it out. Right. Whereas TCU is, as we've said all season, like, it's kind of like, what are you guys? And so they got to figure that out. Um, but yeah, so it's not a game that I think is a gimme it's a, and it's, it's a tough road game and you know, they're going to be like super salty after just after the way last year's game went and everything like that. Um, but it was just a it was just a note like I was saying I was like yeah man they gotta go play in Lubbock that's hard wait hold on when's oh. the last
0: time they lost in Lubbock no it's a good point I mean it's like how I didn't think like I didn't think Ames was gonna be a tough situation this year because I felt like Iowa State didn't have a really good football team and yeah. then they went and lost and they haven't beaten Iowa State and Ames since 2015 I believe um, so. and even that was a a tough game that the 2015 game with probably the most talented TC roster ever so. The great thing about college football, I never want to discourage anybody from being optimistic. I didn't think they would do what they did last year. I didn't think they'd lose to Colorado. I didn't think they'd be three and three right now. Maybe I'm just stupid and shouldn't do a podcast. Point being, we don't know what's going to happen. That's why we play the games. And so Josh Hoover starting this week, will have a better idea of what he looks like after this BYU game. Thank you to Matt Jennings. I'll be here to cover it either way. It's TCU.